Hey, this is Patrick with the Mad Bros Media Zoom Podcast, the latest medium in the Mad Bros Media Saga. On this very special episode, we bring to you 80s babe, Diane Franklin, from hit movies from the 80s, Better Off Dead, Terrorvision, The Last American Virgin, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and the 80s classic TV film, Summer Girl, co-starring one of our Mad Bros favorites, Barry Boswick. So let's get this 80s party started and have a listen. Hey, this is Patrick with the Mad Bros Media Zoom show on podcast. And I'm here today with David. We haven't seen him in a long time. Shout out to David. And our very special guest, Diane Franklin. All right. Yay. How you doing today, Diane? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. That's good. We were honored to have you. We we don't have very many 80s babes on the show. We need to get more 80s babes like you on the show. Yeah, I got my 80s babes earrings on to Oh, sweet. You don't remember? 80s babe. <laughs> so, uh, how have you been doing through the COVID? Have you got your shots? Yes, I finally. Yeah, I got both of them. Thank goodness. Good. Uh, you know, just I'm glad we were able to do it. I mean, I can't believe it's been a year. I'm yeah. more, you know? I mean, we're all going to look yeah. back at this and go, wow, that was insane. You know, uh, like, like everyone's still recovering or sort of still dealing. I mean, it's still happening. It's just yeah. <sighs> crazy. But all is good. All is good. Other it's than good. It's good. Yeah. And so I took a look today and I was reading the book. This is a one of two books, right? I know that you have a second book. So what's what's in the second book? This is. A definitive book of Diane. It's oh called the Excellent Adventures of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s, which is really good. So what's Thank the you. difference between this one and the second one? And this one. And by the way, this is the Excellent Curls of the oh, Last the American curls. French of the Baby. So there's the curls. Um, you know, it's funny you say this. Is that Actually, I just recently, uh, someone sent me a review of the book you have. Uh-huh. And what was interesting was, you know, um, the first book is is like, I wrote because like, I thought like at a certain point, I mean, so people don't know who I am. I didn't do publicity when I was younger and I've only mm-hmm. just started doing a lot of publicity in the past few years. Um, but when I was younger, um, you know, and people always like, you know, how did you get there? Like, what was it like? And I, I really think, you know, I have a lot of performances that I did, but a lot of people didn't connect them. You know, they didn't go, Oh, what? Mm-hmm. My gosh. You know, like, the girl who was lost American Virgin was also in better off dead was also in Bill and Ted's was also in Amityville. Like also like the connections mm. uh, often that happens with actors because you play such different characters. So um, when I did the first book, I thought, okay, I'm going to explain what, you know, how not only my career as an actress, but mm. how it happened. And, and I was a, a lower middle-class uh, girl from immigrant parents and, mm. um, and I became a movie star. And how does that happen? And so I really wanted to walk the audience through that journey and what it took and my experience of it. And that, you know, um, not every actor's life has to end in horror mm-hmm. horror um you know because it does mean a lot of a lot of actors wind up you know um having really hard lives and i'm not saying that it's easy but i think that when you read that book you're going to get an idea and this is what this reviewer said you know it's mm-hmm. just like it doesn't happen overnight it takes a lot of it, it it's interesting you know actors you always look at actors and like are they pretty or do they have talent but so much of it is perseverance 
And so much of this is not giving up. And so much of it is, you know, believing in yourself and, you know, really, you, it has to really come from within, you know? And so there's so many actors that I've seen who are incredibly talented and or incredibly beautiful, or um, they have something to say. Um, and there's so many different kinds of actors who are like this, but a lot of them uh, get very hard on themselves and they, it's, it's a tough life. It's not for everybody. Yeah. So you may want to be an actor, but you may not want the life. You know, it's a different life. So you have to be comfortable with freelance life. You have to be comfortable. You have to be self-starter. Um, you have to be somebody who is resilient. Uh, you have to be really good at handling people. So there's a lot of, of things of that. And to start, I started my career at 10 years old. I got a lot of practice before I wound up just doing it by myself on my own because my parents were there to support me. Mind you, my parents knew nothing about the entertainment business. But um, anyway, so that book is really, really good for people who have dreamed of being, act of being an actor, what's it like? Um, people who love the 80s. I mean, it's great. I have chapters on every movie that I did and in-depth stories about it. And also, um, if you want, are an actor or you want to act, I, it's essential. It's an essential thing, especially for young women, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so I did that book and I thought, well, okay, I don't know if I'm going to do any other books. It really was sort of like, I'm, I just wanted to get my story out there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, cause I've done a lot of uh, cult films too. It's like, I have done a wide range of things in my career. Uh, it's not all Pollyanna. So I think that that's a lot of times actresses don't talk about things. They'll talk about one type of same film, but they won't talk about others. So I, I have a nice wide range of what it is like to be an actor or an actress. Um, but the second book, I realized as I was, when I finished the first book, I, it suddenly hit me and all like so many things happen organically. I realized, wait a minute, I was the first actress who br brought curly hair uh, into the 80s. And I'm not saying I was the first actress with curly hair. There was, you know, obviously so many other actresses before me, but I was the mm -hmm. first one who brought it into as a teen who was beautiful, like it, it was seen as beautiful. And, and what I mean to say is that in the 70s and before curly hair was not considered something you wanted. It was really something that was, uh, you know, people stayed away. Oh, God, the, let's make the homely girl curly or in, in like characters, like let's make the ugly girl have curly hair, you know, uh, or the awkward girl. Or, you know, it was not considered the beauty. And the, I, I was looking for that curly haired girl to be a role model. I mean, I know and I remember being a kid and going, you know, where are my, why can't the curly haired girl be pretty, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I did the film, The Last American Virgin, that was the first film where a teenager was considered the dream girl that, uh, with curly hair. Yeah. And that was unusual. So, um, what, so that's what this book is about because I really, um, I mean, if you see, if you get it, there's like, it shows like it started with Last American Virgin, but it exploded into, and you can see like my career, I straightened my hair before. Mm. Um, but Virgin was the first film that curly hair mm -hmm. uh, took off. And that's when like Jennifer Beals and um, uh, gosh, um, Jennifer Grey, uh, everybody started getting perms. Yeah. It was, a and I remember thinking, what is going on? Where, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I was getting a lot of leads because my look yeah. was different. 
But I will say this, it also opened um, the door for ethnicity, ethnic beauty, dark curly hair. Because before that was very blonde, straight mm -hmm. hair. So I'm, I just wanted to share that with the audience that, um, you know, fashion trends come and go. I'm very happy today that there's an embracing of all kinds of beauty. I mean, really, truly, that's, that's what actresses are looking for, you know, or I mean, people are looking for, like, why can't my version of beauty be in or seen as pretty? So this is such an important part of our society today that we need to embrace all kinds. And then you have your own and you rock it and you rock it with confidence, you know, whether, you know, whatever color hair, whatever kind of hair, whatever kind of body shape, um, you know, and it's your confidence. So uh, I remember when I was myself in the seventies, you know, I really didn't feel that confident because my look was not socially accepted. And then in the eighties when it was, well, that was very gratifying, you know, and I'm sure it was gratifying for Sarah Jessica Parker and um, well, Amy Irving, she had, she was like yeah. the first one I was looking for that I was looking up to her, but even in, um, in when she was in Carrie, she played the bad girl, you know, mm. she wasn't necessarily the good girl and she wasn't the main focus. So it, the curly hair did not hit in the seventies, hit in the eighties. So anyway, but I, I thank her. I thank Amy Irving for being my inspiration to start because it was, it really was a, a big thing for socially in America. And then it became an American hit. Like everyone was like, I want curly hair. Yeah. I was like, well, I was, I was about to say all the, the male rock bands got all curly hair. They got long curly hair. Right, right. And, and I was thinking too, you know, every every dance or prom I've been to, and I've been well, maybe three or four, all the girls were all dressed up, but their hair was all curly. It was the first time I seen all the girls with long hair. Oh, your hair's all curly. I mean, it was really curly. Right, really, really yeah. tight curls, and that was yeah. actually my nat. This is natural. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what it is. You know, it's like yeah. a lot. Yeah. It is, but it is funny that. Um, you're right. Like as even for you guys, like your memory of like that was now then the the hot style, the hot yeah. girl looking. It was like most fashionable, and you could have these girls with straight hair, and they're like tightening it, and you're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I mean, beautiful blonde, straight, or gorgeous, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was just something like, "Wow, this curly hair became in fashion." Um, but I also want to say that I am now writing my third book. Oh. And that book um, is uh, going to have come out this year, mm -hmm. and it is going to be about better off dead. Better off dead. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah. So I'm writing <clears throat> a third one, and um, I'm. I decided that um, I had uh, people at uh, when at conventions, and mm -hmm. uh, they would come to see me and sign autographs. And I actually have my original better off dead coat. So I'd bring it to the conventions, as you have, and yep. people uh, try it on. So I said to them, well, you know, you know, do, you should wear this coat. It's a, it's a collector's item. It's memorabilia. I mean, it's actually from the film. Um, it's a piece of history. Mm -hmm. So um, then uh, somebody said to me, you know what? You should make a book and put everybody's picture in it. And I went, oh, my gosh, that's a great idea. Yeah. So. I actually started doing it. And from it, I've gotten interviews from Savage Steve Holland, mm -hmm. uh, Amanda. Um, so I've got a whole bunch of people contributing. So it's going to be a really cool piece. And so if you love Better Off Dead, it will be a, like a tribute book. Uh, oh. It'll be, yeah. So you guys know it's going to happen. There nice. you go. Did you want to ask no. the next question? 
No, I was just going to say, I just want to say, yeah, like uh, it was almost kind of like the uh, the Rachel of the 80s, the Rachel haircut of the 80s, except, I mean, that was like a haircut and that was, but that's, this is your natural style. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate because uh, I don't know if you recall that uh, there was also that, what stands out too is that actress in um, in um, Uncle Buck, the the daughter in Uncle Buck, she had really the the, 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 the one that was defiant of the parents and defiant of, of John Candy, she had really big curls too. And it kind of reminded me of your hairstyle, but yeah, I just have to say that like, especially in better off dead, I mean, your hair, I mean, it was so beautiful. Merci Bucky. It's very nice. <laughs> very, yeah. The yeah. Short, short curly hair. Um, you know, that's really cool of you to say, and you know, yeah, I mean, haircuts somewhat define periods of American life. I mean, like we go back and we're like, Ah, oh, you know, I mean, like, even like, look at that, like, just so like, yeah. I mean, I have these things here. It's just, it's really cool to see. It just takes you back. It takes you back. And they will come again. That's the other part, too. It yeah. Will yeah. Right? So it'll go straight. And, and yes, you know, a really good cut will come in. Um, but I thought, I think it just is, is different kinds of beauty like we're just trying to like define beauty in so many different ways so um but i'm, I'm glad you said that yeah rachel's uh, cut. in fact actually i think or who uh, that's who the actress is jennifer aniston jennifer, yeah i think we're born on the same day really oh wow yeah isn't that weird so a curly hair thing like right and straight hair, like her, the hair yeah. thing influential weird i think we're born on the same day Have you guys you guys were destined to change the world. You guys were destined, born and destined own, to change the world. Yeah, in our own way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't know if you knew this. Um, I'm actually still acting now. Yeah. Did you know that? Yes, I did. I've been following you. Yes. In fact, that was yeah. one of the questions I'll ask you in a little bit. Uh, but uh, no, I was reading I was reading your book again today, and you had a little bit of reference to Brick Shields as an influence. Who else is uh, one of your influences as, a, as an actress? Oh, um, well, I, I'm just going to share some just kind of just sweet information. Um, okay. I, um, I mean, other, there were other, uh, I'll get into that, but I just want to tell you, I just connected with an actress named Lizanne Falk mm -hmm. and she was in, I think, Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. um, and she was also a model. And so it was the time of Brooke Shields and Lori Loughlin and uh, Lisa Shu, And like, we were all kind of acting and modeling together and, um, I just reconnected with her and it just, it was, it's one of those interesting things where it was almost like um, the relationships we had, we would see each other often on auditions. It was like mm. being in high school. It's like, you go to your friend like, oh my gosh, how are you? You know, like you haven't seen them in a long time. Mm. Um, but there were a very small number of actresses who started as kid models or, you know, sort of thing and then kept going. And mm -hmm. that is what's really fascinating about Brooke to me. You know, obviously she opened the door with her dark eyebrows. Then I got to in and Lori Loughlin and Lisa Elizabeth Shue. And all of us followed really mm -hmm. Brooke because she hit so hard in the late 70s. Um, and so she helped, Brooke helped us. Um, so that's what kind of ending that's different than, and there are other actors, you know, today I'm sure there are actors you get the door opened by other actors. I know like um, my daughter is a comedian um, mm -hmm. and she not, 
she doesn't do stand-up comedy, but she writes comedy and she does uh, a comedy comedy with her comedy partner, um, Sydney Heller, and they are on TikTok now. If you look up uh, Sid and Olivia on TikTok, okay. or you go to Snapchat in the show Apocalypse Goals. But they followed Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Hmm. So like they opened the door and now my, now because they, there's some kind of recognition, you know, like there has to be some kind of an association with people. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know them. Oh, now this is sort of the not new version, but it is familiar. So actresses help other actors, help other actors. And I love that. I mean, that is just a gift. And we never talk about that. You know, we always talk about how much we admire actors, but we don't talk about how some actors helped other actors, whether they meant to, you know, whether they gave them a break or whether they are just a great influence. Um, so my other actors, I have two actors that definitely influenced my career. One was Marlo Thomas, mm -hmm. because I think that I would not have been an actress at all had I not her seen her when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, mm. um, I think more in the 60s, of the show That Girl. Yeah. She had dark curly hair, a dark like, like a flip, but she was the only dark haired actress that I remember who, and she played an actress. And she had this very upbeat kind of bubbly energy, which I identified with, mm. as you can see, a <laughs> little energy. Yeah. Um, mm. And she just, she was a role model to me. She, you know, years later, like I, I paint and I did a painting um, where um, I did uh, like a painting of us together, like casual, like doing mm. nails or something. And she signed it. I have this painting. Oh, and sweet. It's so amazing. You know, but I didn't meet her. Some, uh, my, I knew someone who knew her, um, but she will never know how much she influenced me as a child. I mean, literally that's before 10 years old. And then in, by her, seeing her, it made me feel like, oh, I want to do that. I want to be an actress. I want to be on TV or I want to be, you know, in that world. Um, so it is very cool. And then I, in my teen years, um, a little, actually probably a little bit later, uh, Meryl Streep. And her work in Sophie's Choice was really what got me to do more dialects. Mm -hmm. Because that wasn't happening really or at least maybe people didn't admit they were doing dialects. Maybe it was all like, you know, you just believe that person really was from that place mm. and it wasn't in the internet. But now we can look up things and go, oh, that person's doing a dialect and they're, you know, they don't normally speak that way. Um, um, but I think that's acting. So when I see the dialect, I go, oh, well, that's, that's acting, you know? So when yeah. I saw her in that film, I was like, oh, I really believed she was that person. As people say to me, you know, sometimes I really believed you were French. And I'm like, that's the best compliment, you know, this is the best. You know, what's so interesting today. There's a lot of actors out there and they have American accents. And then when you're here and being interviewed, they have English or Australian accents. So they really totally fool you when you're watching them on TV and then you hear them on an interview. It's like, oh my God, that was, you really fooled me. I love that. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you said that. Yes, you know, talking, yeah. you know, so, you know, they're like, they have, they've gotten that dialect and mm -hmm. I actually specialize in that. So like my thing is like, I teach, I can do that. Like I can teach mm -hmm. people who have, who have a dialect to talk like without the dialect. Um, but then they'll sudden, yes, they talk, you know, so, talk with their dialect and like, oh yes, I loved playing that American, you know? Like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so yeah. cool. So uh, yeah, that's great. I've heard it's a little harder for them to do the R's sometimes. I know they they have to get around the R's mostly. 
Yeah, we, no well, and American ours are like, I mean, look, we have within our country, and this is every country itself, mm-hmm. you know, some way well, you, you can hit the R's really hard, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, we can miss those R's completely, you know, and not to say the R's are at all, or, you know, like, or, you know, uh, or like, oh my gosh, like you can say your R's like, you know, very forward, mm-hmm. it changes depending upon where you live and your status and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So it's kind of, it's exciting. I mean, I, I look at it as, to me, acting is a creative wonderland. And yeah. you never, I never felt like, you know, I grew out of it, you know, and you have to be real, you have to be connected, you have to study, like, I just, I just have that, um, I, I look at it, I think, like a scientist, you know, mm-hmm. I think, and I enjoy it, like, I really try to break it down, and then I have to feel it. So you go from your thinking, analyzing it to feeling it. And then that has to do with your life, you know, your experiences, you have to open up. And not everybody, like I said, not everybody can, uh, can or wants to reveal themselves, mm. show their vulnerability, you know? So actors out there, you know, you got your work cut out for you. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, is it, is it harder to, uh, let's see here, there's a question that the viewer uh, sent me. Is it more difficult to get into acting now than it has when you first got into the show business? I am so glad this person asked this question. Thank you for whoever asked this question. Her name's Jennifer. We'll, we'll Jennifer. put her on the... <laughs> Oh, yeah, Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. Um, yeah. All right, so acting is easier and harder. How is that possible? Mm. Two answers. Back in the 80s, you were not able to put yourself on TV by yourself, on the internet by yourself. Uh, You know, the only way someone could see you perform would be if you got in a play. Mm -hmm. People didn't really create their own content then as much. So it was much harder in a way to get hired. Uh, In a sense, like you, someone actually had to hire you to be seen as an actor. And when you did get hired, well, you know, maybe you wanted to play one part, but they want to see you as this. So it was a very, um, it was harder to get in. But once you got in, people mm. knew they could see what you did and they trusted your high standard because you like, you know, you really had to like have a high standard to compete with other people. Mm. And, um, you know, it was, in that way, it was like once you sort of got in, it was a little bit easier to keep getting work. But in a sense, um, you were still had to keep your standard high. You had to stay on it. You could, you didn't just go, oh, well, you know, now I'm an actor. No, it doesn't happen that way. You had to mm-hmm. constantly put out 100% to do it. And in fact, the other thing is you ne- couldn't necessarily do anything else. And people didn't want you to, to know if you did anything else. You were an actor, you were an actor. So you had to find some way that you could make money that was, people just wanted you to know you was one thing. I'm an actor, that's it. They didn't want to know if you directed, they didn't want to know if you worked as a waiter, nothing. You were just an actor. And because I started so young, um, I only acted. That was my thing. Like I, but I did all kinds of acting, commercial, soap opera, theater, film. That's how I kept my, I make a living during the time. But, um, that's not usually the case. You know, if you start later, you know, you're going to have to have that night job to be able to go on those auditions during the day. And by the way, that night job will teach you how to play that character. So don't knock it. If you're wait- waitering at night, you're going to be able to play a waiter. I love that. So 
get a lot of different jobs to experience what it's like. I think that's great training, actually. Yeah. Um, to be a real, you know, experience different jobs, what it's like, those feelings, what the people go through. Um, but today, okay, so today, the good thing is you can create your own content. You have, you can get a computer. You can record your own, uh, yourself doing any scene. I mean, you could do a scene that's already been in a film and do that as an audition. Um, you could show your, you could write your own material and showcase yourself in the best way. You mm -hmm. can bring your friends in and create your own show. You have nothing stopping you from creating. Um, yeah, you may not be able to pay people, but there are other people who want to create as well because they want to showcase for themselves as well. So the key would be, I guess, to network with people who can help you or you do your own thing. Now, the other part of it is, you know, YouTube and, uh, you know, you're having your own internet show and becoming like, uh, or TikTok or having this, mm -hmm. these are vehicles. Uh, my, when I was a kid, I didn't have that vehicle. I couldn't get that information. So take advantage of the freedom that we have on the internet. And I mean, honestly, if I told you a year from now, guess what? Everything on the internet, we have to pay for then. I mean, literally, like you won't be able to do a free show. Yeah. You won't be able to have that. What if I told you that? How different would you look at your life as an actor right now? You'd be like, oh my gosh, I got to get this stuff done now. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm telling you. It's like, don't take for granted that this is going to be going on forever. Because guess what? From the 80s, Think of all the changes. We didn't even have, in the 80s, we didn't have, you couldn't watch a show twice. We, we didn't have the VHS. I mean, before VHS, it, let's say 70s. We didn't yeah. have the, maybe 60s. We didn't have the VHS. We, you. Had reruns, right? We had to wait, you had to wait till the summertime reruns to watch, reruns. Yeah. If you missed that show because you were having dinner, you were in the dark and everybody talked about it. Oh, I saw that show. Did you see what happened? You were like, ah. Oh. So life changes so much. Really take advantage of what you have. It's don't sit back. And that's why the younger generation doesn't understand that. They don't see that yet. Life changes and it changes every, you know, few years. I mean, can change every year, but it, it's like even we went from v beta to VHS to DVDs to uh, Blu-ray to streaming, you know, so um, it, it's changing and uh, I feel incredibly fortunate mm -hmm. that I'm, my work is still can be remembered. People can look up the films I did and they can watch them. I mean, when we, I was growing up, that wasn't possible. You know, it's insane. It just, I love technology and I love it. But um, as an actor, yes, you know, there are, it's harder uh, because you have to, yeah, you do everything. But on the other hand, now today, it's not um, shameful to have many careers. I'm a writer, director, actor, author, writer, singer, dance, whatever. Now you're like, now people are going, oh, wow, this person has a lot of talents. Um, so you just have to hone in on what you love to do the most and um, go after it. Don't wait for permission. Don't wait for somebody to tell you you can do it. You must start from yourself going, I need to do this. I am not going to go through my life without doing this. And the people who like what I do, great. And if you don't like it, well then go, you can go watch someone else, that's fine. You like, 
you're not going to please everyone in the world. There's always going to be people who, you know, love what you do. And then there are people who will be like, that's okay. And then there are people like, oh, forget it. You know, so you don't have to chase that. Just, it'll be great when you find people who appreciate your work. So, and again, you are the generation now. And then when you're like around my age, mm-hmm. people will be like, oh, wow. Remember when they did that work? So don't hesitate about putting it out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's my advice. <laughs> That's good. Speaking of 80s babes, you mentioned Molly Ringwald and Ali Sheedy, which brings up the question, did you audition for any of the John Hughes films? Okay, so I auditioned for 16 Candles. Mm -hmm. um, And I auditioned, I don't know if I got a call back for 16 Candles, but I definitely was in the later auditions when they like looked at a lot of people. um, And I auditioned for... Karate Kid. I was screen tested for that. They were like, it, it was. So you auditioned with, with uh, Elizabeth Shue as well, since yeah. you were in that small group. Myself, Elizabeth, and one other girl. It uh-huh. was between the three of us, which was wild. That was great. Mm. And I'm glad, um, Elizabeth, I'm glad she did it. She's great. I love yeah. her. I really love her. Like, yeah. I miss her. Like, I would love to talk with her. I wish she would do cons, but she's probably still too kind of, not kind of big, I guess, because she was Oscar nominated. I don't know. Here's maybe she'll, maybe she'll have, maybe she'll have a change of heart. Her kids might say, hey, come, come do cons. Or if you talk to her, hey, come do a con, they're fun. (laughs) Oh, they are. They are amazing. Um, I, you know, everybody's got their own tempo. I I will say this, which is fascinating about uh, uh, cons, conventions, signing conventions. As an actor, you know, we used to, that used to be, again, in the 80s, the graveyard. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if you're not doing well, that's the graveyard for actors. Like, mm-hmm. so it was, and the reason why I'm saying that is because it was a time where, again, things changed. Like, you know, you you didn't want to be seen so close to, to one-on-one with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people usually did it very, very late in life. And um, I don't know, it was just a different, it was not, it was kind of frowned upon. But again, like I saw it and I went, oh my gosh, this is this is a, a golden opportunity. What an experience to, you know, meet people. I was definitely hesitant when I started, but then when I went, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exciting. And mm. I started seeing other actors that I liked. So that made it very exciting for me. I was like, oh my gosh, there's, you know, there's Karen Black and Muriel Hemingway and Cloris Leachman. And, you yeah. know, I mean, people like you don't, you, you know, Cloris Leachman. I mean, I'm so glad I got to meet her, actually just work with her on something too. Mm-hmm recently um but what a what a gift when people show up and do this yeah. well then it became a money-making thing it became like oh my gosh like all of a sudden younger people started seeing wait a minute wait a minute this is not just for old like old thing this is fun this is fun if it's a horror convention this is fun if it's a comic book convention. Mm. This is fun if it's a celebrity convention because these are the memories that we all were raised with. So every generation has their con that they will love. And I'm telling you that, you know, you can buy things in your life, mm. but going to a con is like, you can't, to buy that experience where you are meeting a memory of your life is unforgettable. For the rest of your life, you're going to be like, wow, I actually met that person or wow, that was that that was so cool. I grew up watching them and now I met, you know, whoever mm-hmm. that is, you know, Marsha Brady from the Brady Bunch, you know, yeah. like I mean, whoever it is that 
that was your crush or was, you know, you grew up watching. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. So with Elizabeth, I feel like, I hope that she gets it. I know like, mm. you know, eventually actors start to do it mm. and they, you know, truly we are not actors who are acting, who've acted their whole life. We are not anything without the fans. We really aren't, you know, yeah. it takes both sides. So I think that I always, I speak highly of the conventions um, and the fans are very respectful. Very respectful. And if a fan's mm -hmm. not respectful, guess what? There's security. Oh, yeah. They don't, right? Yep. They got to leave. So but, if you haven't been to a, a convention, I, you got to do it at least once in your mm -hmm. life. And if you have, like, you understand, you know, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the smaller, the smaller the con, if you see, like, a handful of people, go to those cons. Like, you know, like, it's there's right. there's a comic uh, cons out here in Tacoma and Seattle and like the Crypticon Seattle was really more family oriented and like a lot of people have said and I've said it's it's so fan oriented because it's it's not only just a bunch of people just hanging out because they love horror and they love the people that come is that you actually can sit and talk with you know your heroes and people you love watching in movies like you you were there you were sitting down you were talking to everybody you got the have them wear the coat and it's it's not like where oh, sign go by sign go by like some of the other cons i've been to well that's so, because it's so, so much refreshing to go to a con like say like Ripcon yeah. seattle it's go so homely cons. he's he's right because mm -hmm. the big cons there's too many people and then the person just has to sign it and go but if there's mm -hmm. a little smaller but look at the people who are there and mm -hmm. oh it's so much fun and mm -hmm. i'm actually going to do a con in um I'm attending a kind of Virginia scare, mm. care, uh, scare cares for scares, uh -huh. scares in uh, in I think end of July, early August in Virginia, and then I'm supposed to go to Florida in October, mm. Orlando I think, and then I'm supposed to go to London I think in October for a convention. It's like a a gallery event convention thing, and um, and then I'm supposed to go to Mexico for eighty. Oh, wow. Wow. 80s, well, 80s in the sand. If you love the 80s, people, Sweet. check it out. It's a week-long mm. vacation with famous, famous celebrities and famous bands playing. Mm -hmm. They might, I think, they might have. Uh, last I heard, uh, Billy Idol was going to be there. Oh wow! And, and seriously, like you're so close. It's it's uh -huh. not a huge event. They won't bring a lot of people. They only have a limited amount of people because they want more of the interaction. Mm -hmm. um, but he's not, he's just one of the bands. They've had Berlin motels. Mm -hmm. um, you know. Uh, Oh my gosh, like um, um, Brett Michaels was there. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, my brain. There's so many. Anyway, go check out 80s in the Sand. All right? yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to check that out. Now, you're also, uh, you've also produced four short films. Do you plan to be like a director? Uh, oh. uh, do you plan to direct a short film or a feature film someday? Well, here's the thing. I actually, I have been directing a lot mm. and I've actually written some musicals and I've actually, mm. I write a lot of play, I write things. Um, I, I don't like, I do that, but like I do it. That's not my, my it's not my forte. Like, I mean, mm. I've, I, I'm writing my book and I like that. Um, but I would say that um, I, 
what I'm thinking of eventually someday is maybe writing a, a feature film mm-hmm. and either, you know, directing it or acting with it or maybe have my daughter direct it. And uh, so, you know, I can see that definitely happening. I mean, there's a lot of things that I love to do, um, but I, I have the ability to direct, um, mm-hmm. but I, there's, I love teaching. Yeah, and that's yeah. like my main thing. I think I love teaching uh, students and I teach, I'd say, I mean, I teach probably, I'd say till about 20, I mean, I can teach anyone, but mm-hmm. my forte is young people, probably up to like 25 or so, like a 20, I, I just like, because they're, they're coming into the business and I know what that's like and bringing them in. Um, but I'm open, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I, I teach privately. I teach uh, in, in classes. Um, so yeah, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that about directing. Um, I have been direct. I've actually directed musicals. I just wow. directed Annie uh, Junior, and I've directed Shrek, and I've directed Lion King, and I, I mean, nice. I. So it's kind of funny that I've actually also directed musicals, mm-hmm. um, but not. Uh, but yeah, films. That's an interesting thing. So we'll see. We'll yeah. See about that. I know you were talking about your daughter earlier. She's directed you in a film or two. Uh, well, when you when you first worked with her, like on a film she directed, did you give her any advice to uh, direct actors? And what was she like as a director? Well, it's interesting because she, I was um, when she was really little. I was we'd play a lot of games, mm. and she we would create characters, acting characters, and. I kind of would say to her, like, I set it up and I would say to her, like, okay, do you want to make a movie? Like, you know, what's it about? You know, uh, where, where does it take place? Whatever. And I would ask her a bunch of questions. And so she sort of filled in the blanks and then she kind of created this. Um, and uh, she, I, I think a very big part of her um, creating stories was that she studied improv. She did a lot of improv and acting. So she understood about characters, but I will say this was very funny. She did this uh, little short called humanized and we did a scene um, before she directed me. I like, I mean, she did a scene and I was kind of helping her Mm -hmm. and she did the scene. And I said, she did the scene. And I said, it was really funny. I went bullshit. And she was like, (laughs) I said, I don't believe you. I just don't believe you bullshit and then it was like she did it like she nailed it you know and it's kind of funny that when you know like you say something like that people just it it doesn't matter who you are you just you pull yourself together and you go wait a minute that maybe that was bullshit you know you don't know so um it was hilarious so she after that I think she I mean she can commit like nobody's business she can I mean just amazing um but I'll say another funny thing before before we did that film when she was she did a short film with uh, it's called the cat that looked at the king and it's on youtube and she was seven years old i think seven or eight i think seven and she played um a young jane banks and this was before we had any acting training but she's always very she had a, like a photographic memory so she was asking acting with julie andrews I mean, literally, Julie, and she had to talk with an English dialect as mm-hmm. well. And Julie Andrews said her dialect was imperfect. It was like, oh my gosh, right? So I'm flipping out because I know who Julie Andrews is. She has no idea who Julie Andrews is because she's seven. Mm-hmm. So she uh, did this scene and I had never trained her and she had never really even seen any of my movies. Like mm-hmm. she hadn't seen anything, mm-hmm. but she, ha- she did this scene where she comes uh, she she had to hit her, hit her mark, 
and she had to start and then she had to do her line and all this stuff. And so, you know, she, all of a sudden she's, you know, the director says action. She hits her mark. She does her line. She, you know, she, whatever. And then he says cut and she stays in her position and waits until the director says, you know, go or stop or like, I mean, just like stop. And it was like, I never taught her. I never taught her um, how to be in a scene, how to, how to listen, take direction. I never taught her that. So when I saw her take direction and just like in a dot on a dime, like just being able, okay, start acting now, stop acting. Okay. And I'm not going to move until he says cut. Like mm. it was so, it just took me on my breath away. And when I heard her do the dialect, I mean, it brought me back to Bill and Ted's. Mm -hmm. I was like, some things are just, it seems genetic. Like, did she just feel, felt it and gets yeah. it? So uh, that was very gratifying for me. And um, so now comes the fun part. So then she directed her first film on her own, basically, is a short called The Adventures of Lass. And I played um, a character who was like an old grandmother character, which is hilarious because I wasn't even acting any, again yet. Like I, I had stopped acting and I was there to raise my kids. And when she's like, oh, mom, I need, a, need you to play this. I'm like, oh, okay. And she directs me and it was hilarious because she is like, she was like a ruthless director. <laughs> she's like, okay, let's go. Let's move it. Okay, like get your line. Okay, can you get your line? Like, I'm like, mm. okay, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> She was so like on top of it. And so like, just, she, she knew, I don't know. She had her, she had her standards. She has softened up over the years. Not She's good. not as ruthless, but yeah. it was so adorable. And then I would be like, all right, we did the scene. Now go do your homework. Okay. Right. <laughs> so as a young kid, it was amazing to see that, that sense of herself and ability to direct. But at the same time, you know, then she had to be a kid. She had to go, you know, do her homework and eat and go to bed, you know, like so. Um, but lovely, just a lovely for, for me to experience with her. It was really fun. Cool. Does uh, Olivia have a favorite Diane movie of hers? Oh. Out of all your movies, does she have a favorite one? Wow. She's an angel. She's a, oh, what a mm. sweetheart. Um, well, uh, she might have, she, I'm sure she loves Better Off Dead. Like, I mean, mm. I think that, that she really loved that. But I think her favorite movie is the new movie that uh, she, that we did together. Oh, yeah. We are, uh, we are actually in a movie together, which was not planned. Uh -huh. And it was complete, the way it happened was such a bizarre thing. Mm. And that is, I think, her favorite movie now. Oh, okay. Uh, and it, just came out like the they just put it out and it is a, a scary movie um it is called american uh, boogeyman okay and it is uh, about bundy oh wow and she i think i saw that on twitter it said bundy i thought or oh, is she making a movie about bundy and american boogeyman but then i saw the comments oh it was about bundy yeah bundy american boogeyman it's supposed to come out in august mm -hmm. she uh, i'm not going to tell you her part yet no. but what happened was she was hired she went for the audition and was hired first mm -hmm. and she actually got, wound up a different, she was had a kind of a smaller role she auditioned for. And then she got this bigger role. And then the director, I find out after she gets it was Daniel Ferens who directed me in Amityville. 
Oh, wow. Amityville Murders. Oh. And he asked me if I would play a cameo in it. Cool. So what a dream to be in a film with her. I mean, it's, it's a dream. I mean, to be in a dream. And the other thing is, this is her first horror film. So wow. it's her first dramatic role. So Olivia's done a comedy. Uh, and her main thing is comedy, again, um, Mm. But she's an actress and in her other in her films that she's made, she's had more dramatic roles that she's done and she's she's done. Um, I mean, she's actually she's in some comedic films that haven't even come out yet. There's some other mm. movies that she's done. But um, what a what a gift. What a gift. So, um, yeah. And then there's some extra surprises that are going to happen as we get closer to the uh, the day of doing the performance uh, the day of it you know comes out there's more surprises but um that is the first thing i all i can say is to be on set with her and uh, and then you know she's doing her acting and no bullshit is there a release date for uh, boogeyman uh i think it says august 16th okay wow that's you know, so, three months away and hopefully in theaters, starting to be in theaters. We're yeah. Hoping, you know, um, but you know, gosh, what, I mean, look, oh, and then the other thing is when we did it, when we did shoot mm. it, it was during the pandemic. It was last wow. summer and the company got the go ahead, but believe me, the, co the COVID restrictions mm -hmm. were insane. I mean, really like to shoot a film under those circumstances was an experience. I'd never, I mean, obviously never done a film where I've seen this before. It was amazing. Um, everyone had to be far distance that, you know, you only could take your mask off when you did your dialogue. I'm sure the editing is going to be amazing because they're mm. going to have to put people all together. Oh yeah. But and people were tested several times a day. It was real. So close-ups are for, right? Just to, to cover yeah. up what you can't, can't have there. <laughs> I mean, can you believe doing a film during COVID? And that was the time when nobody knew how, how contagious it was. It was a dangerous time. Yeah. No, we, it was a summer. So it was, it was when everything was on lockdown. Yeah. Well, America, that, that new Batman movie, like everybody, even Batman got COVID. <laughs> so that was scary. Yeah. Even like, well, I don't think anybody should be doing movies if Batman gets COVID. <laughs> oh man, Batman, yeah. darn it. Come yeah. on. Poor Batman. So yeah, he's he's fine now. Good. The, the, they still went with production. They just had to stop for a couple of weeks. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So so. I, oh, I was gonna say the yeah, only thing but, I regret. I wish that I wish that I had been in Bill and Ted's Face the Music during the time of COVID, because I thought that would have been really cool for audiences. Like that was, saved the day. I, I was I, gonna I, ask how come they didn't uh, put you in the uh, um, Bogus Journey. They didn't. They didn't bring you and the other actress back. Oh, maybe you should call and have an interview with some people. Who I should ask Alex Winter. <laughs> yeah. I like if you're gonna have the '80s babe, you have to have the at least the main '80s babe back. You should have Diane back. No. Um, that is such a sad thing. Kim and I really wanted to do it. They had every opportunity to hire us. And I, I tell you what, too, since they had a daughters, they had daughters. Your daughter could have played. Your daughter in the movie, and you guys would have had another reunion there. But that was the thing. She auditioned. Well, here's a funny thing. Mm -hmm. Olivia actually, they called her in. Okay, mm -hmm. so for whatever it's worth, they actually called Olivia in to mm -hmm. play my daughter or mm -hmm. the daughter, if whether I'm in yeah. it or not. Yeah. Um, but Olivia doesn't look like Keanu. 
Keanu, you know, she she's not tall and like, you know, no, length no. kind of that look. So I understand maybe they wanted a different look. Well, she looks just like you though. So yeah. I was like, exactly. if you were in the movie, she was in the movie, it would have matched. Yeah, it would have been a great like nod. <laughs> they could have put the boots, boots oh. on her, make her taller. <laughs> you should just do another version and let her be in it because it would have been very, just yeah. do the next one. And then the funny part is Kimberly Kate, her mm. niece, auditioned as well i think or was up for it so it would have been hilarious yeah her niece who is in a she, her niece is in a band um uh-huh. um girl girl pool girl, girl pool uh-huh. her niece would it would have been hilarious if her niece and olivia had played the daughters and we played the moms yeah. that would have been amazing They'll have to do another version, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I'm happy the actresses that they picked were great. Yeah. Uh, but I, it would have been to me just like what a nice nod to the audience if we had been in them. Yeah. Speaking and, of um, speaking of nods, mm-hmm. I I happened to see one of these lines in in your book, and it said you had made a cameo in one crazy summer at the end, but it was cut out. Yeah. Now what I want to know is. Were you dressed up like Monique when you walked by, or was this you were in regular clothes? Do you remember what, what shooting oh, the cameo? Yes, um, I looked like okay. I looked. I had the short hair like Monique, mm-hmm. and I was dressed in regular clothes. I wasn't didn't have the coat on. Uh huh. But I walked by with a guy. Uh huh. And the joke was, I was walking by with the guy and winking at John. Oh yeah. Main. Yeah. John at that point because he's not laying in the movie yeah. um, and so it was a very cute little oh because he was probably walking with Demi Moore and it would have been like a what right exactly yeah. like, what are you doing um you know the other thing too is these callbacks to, to 80s films mm. is such a cool thing yeah you no know? I mean even seeing like a Elizabeth Shue in um you know the Cobra Kai Cobra Kai like, yeah like, what great is that? So yeah. I really feel like it's lovely to bring people back. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's respectful to the audience. It's cool. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, with uh, I have some projects, um, films. Like I said, I'm, I'm coming are coming out. But mm-hmm. uh, you never know. You never know. I don't even know. Like, you know, you do a job and somebody sees you it and they go, oh, mm-hmm. like let's bring her back. So oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I was thinking to when I was reading to? I know. Your your accents are really good, but for um, for Bill and Ted and for Better Off Ted, did you have to? Did they bring this to make sure you're doing it right? Uh, oh, an accent. dialect coach, or like a French dialect coach or an English dialect coach. Well, know, sometimes, you, sometimes they okay. do that. So yeah, when, no, when you do a dialect, you are responsible to work with someone to work on the dialect. With yeah. you. Um, the the production company doesn't pay for that. Maybe yeah. with the old studios, MGM, yeah. they might have had someone on set who worked with dialects. But any actor who's doing it, they, yeah. it, they have to pay on it of their own pocket. Oh, okay, so I was thinking if Monique you know, said something in French that wasn't a wasn't a real word, you just oh. had made it up. And they, they said, well, we need to put somebody that knows. The right words so they can give you the right words. Oh, look, can I tell you something? There was actually no French in Better Off Dead. I put all the real French in there. Because Uh, as a character, I would be like, if I got angry in my foreign language and I was from another country, mm. I would be cursing in my foreign, my language. Mm -hmm. Like, I would not go into American. So I, all the real French, uh, I learned. So Mm. actors are very creative. I mean, most times you see actors, they're putting their own stuff in it as Mm. well. Uh, aside from the d- dialogue and the story that has to move forward, um, 
yeah, I, I studied the dialect. I work with a coach. Um, mm -hmm. And, but I also, even working with a coach, if you talk, like for instance, if I was to do a German accent, so if mm -hmm. I do like a, so if I do a really good German accent, it could be very uh, thick or thick. Mm -hmm. So it, you wouldn't understand me necessarily. So mm -hmm. when you do a dialect, you got to pull back a little bit enough of the audience to understand you. So you might do an incredibly authentic one. And yeah, like bravo, if it's like a, if you're playing someone else, but you also have to consider that the audience has to understand you and the dialect cannot get in the way of your emotion and mm -hmm. what you're expressing. So it's fascinating, you, you know, so when I do a German accent, I try to do it not so heavy because then it would be easier to under, understand instead of understand, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's fun. You know, uh, Better Off Dead is one of my favorite movies and I had a chance to uh, meet John and Joan at one of the cons, and they were really nice. But someone had brought this up and, and, let, and let me know if it's true or not. Apparently, he didn't like the movie at all, or he wasn't happy with the movie. Well, we're going to hear any of that. And, and you're going to hear more about that in my book. Uh, oh, the um, second book? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing yeah. this. Okay. Like, yeah, the new book. Um, yeah. But, you know, the thing with John, he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, hate the film I think mm -hmm. for him I mean I think what's fascinating is that John went about his career trying to be much more of a serious actor mm -hmm. and when people brought up Better Off Dead later in his career he was like wait you why are you bringing up this little silly movie like it mm -hmm. wasn't in his mind like he's done so much bigger things yeah like why are we talking about this film and so, and it wasn't like he wanted to be seen doing comedies. I think he wanted to be more dramatic actor. Um, so I think, so when Better Off Dead came out, like when, I mean, when, when we did it, let me just tell you something. He is mm -hmm. a sweetheart. We had a blast doing the film. He is lovely. Um, and, and we had fun doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that like when it came out, I think it was much sillier than he thought it was going to be. And mm -hmm. he was very young too, yeah. 17. So it wasn't how he saw himself in his career. And so when it first came out, I, yeah, he probably was like, I don't mm -hmm. know, I don't want to have to deal with it. But today his attitude is much more forgiving in a way, like much yeah. more like, well, if you like it, good. You know, I'm glad yeah. you like it. That's exactly uh, what he said. Because someone asked him at the panel, he kind of like looked down, kind of brushed it off. But I mean, he says, yeah, he's, but I was like wondering what was so. I mean, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe he thought it was a good movie, and then he saw in the theater. He's like, oh, that maybe that's too silly. <laughs> well, you know, and it's also like again, actors have their own taste too. So maybe mm. it's a film he wouldn't see. Yeah. But I, when I I see it, I see it a different way. Because I have kids. It's an eighties classic. That that's it's hands down an eighties classic. Comedy. It's a it's creative, like the animation, mm -hmm. the the uh, there's been no film that has done the coolness of the animation and the uh, claymation in the mm -hmm. in the same film. And it's a love story. Well, I think and, well, the only other one was the yeah. same same director, I think. It was uh um Holland. The one Crazy oh. Summer had animation in it too. No, you, uh, we're talking oh Sis Edward Scissorhands, like the um no, that wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't uh, one crazy summer. He was an animator, oh, yeah. John Hughes. Oh, right, right, right. Doing yeah. animation too. Yeah, one crazy. So it was kind of similar, but yeah. Well, it's the same director who yeah, did. Yeah, the same. Too. 
Um, but I was going to say, uh, oh, but Better Off Dead, um, it's also, I mean, when he did Better Off Dead, it's about a guy who wants to kill himself. And like, mm. we all knew that that obviously is real and like a real subject matter. And maybe he thought that we were kind of going to deal with that heavy issue of suicide. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, it also, I mean, if you see the film, it's like, yes, when someone breaks up with you, you know, you feel like killing yourself. I mean, there's like things you do feel like you want to kill yourself over, but that film hopefully shows you just hang in there. Don't do anything because life also has so much joy to it. Yeah. You know, don't just, when you feel an emotion, don't just, don't follow your emotion to the point where you don't get to experience the joys of life as well, you know? So I think that film has a lot into it. And I, I'm a huge fan of it. I, I think it's a great movie. And like you said, passing it on to generations. Oh yeah. Now they can get in 4K, be even better. <laughs> and yeah, everything is getting yeah. transferred to 4K and it's like so much sharper. So that yeah, should be one that should be on 4K. Blu-ray 4K now, yeah. Yeah. Now I have, let's see what I have. I have a couple more bonus questions here I, I came up with. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Is that the criteria? That's not the criteria, but that's the, the latest, the silver steel box. Steel box. So yeah. Steel box. Version. Okay. Here's the bonus question number one. If you could go back and change the ending out of one of your movies, which one would it be? And what ending would you change? Or what, what kind of ending would you have for it to change? You. <laughs> oh, there's so many, but I'm just thinking. Summer oh, Girl, talking, Virgin. I feel like uh, we're talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was Summer Girl as well, you know. Yeah, that's he, true. He Cindy could have ended up with Boswick, you know. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's and never, true. never, never, nobody would never know what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that that's 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 one of them I was seeing if you would change the ending because you know it's a it's a good ending but like what if they shot an alternate there are some movies from the 80s that actually have alternate endings like pretty pink so this I was just curious if you would uh, want to change the ending now I mean thinking about it now if, if you could it, well here's the thing there would be no way we would be thinking about last American virgin if it did yeah. not have that ending yeah. Okay. I mean, this was, you know, I don't know if anyone knows the film. So this is like mm. the beginning of it where this guy, if you don't know the film, he's, he falls in love with me, but I wind up going out with his best friend and ends yeah. with his best friend at the end. It's a very sad ending. It's a very real ending. I actually really, um, I respect the ending of that. Um, I have to, I'm going to answer this in two parts. One okay. is I do, I don't think I would change the ending, but mm. I would have made a sequel. Oh. And I would have done it now. And I would have had me uh, as an adult working at like hot dog on a stick. My life is terrible. I'm, I'm, I, I married Rick and he was abusive and we have a terrible life and our, we have kids and we divorced mm -hmm. and now I have to take care of the kids. And Gary is comes up to this hot dog stick dressed to the nines. He is now a... A business, like a, a corporate guy, like he's mm. a lawyer or whatever. He's like, he is to the nines. He's made it and he sees me mm. and he asks me out and we have a romance and we get that moment which everybody wanted to see. Mm. That's what I would do. I would have had that moment where we see finally 
you know, Karen and Rick, uh, Gary together. Mm. And then at the end, he dumps me. <laughs> oh, I was about to say Rick would shoot Gary. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got it. Like that. Rick finds out Rick shoots Gary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, at the end, like all bets are off, you know. Yeah. Um, but that would be what I would do with that. And then the only other change I would do is if it's Bill and Ted's at the end of the movie, I would mm -hmm. have us be in the second Bill and Ted's. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, not, not the second one, just bring it back and face the music. Yeah, exactly. So, or yeah, even in a cameo. So, anyway, that yeah. would have been fun. But the, other than that, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Nice, very good questions. Well, you're, you're like to the final question. Here's the final bonus question for today. Okay. So, your return, your return to the big screen. I mean, the, the really, really big screen uh, from the '80s. And there's uh, a choice for you to go into three franchises. Okay. Okay. So, which franchise would you, would you enter if they say, "Okay, we want you to come back"? Here's your choices: the Star Wars universe, <gasps> the Marvel universe, the DC universe. Or the View SQ universe. That is so unfair because they are. You know, I could put you in all all of them. I mean, you can play a mother of a superhero, or you could play a mentor of a superhero, or you could be Silent Bob's mom, or Jay's mom, or somebody Dante's mom, or Dante's I, sister. I love or, it. You know. Any any of those, you could be a Jedi, a Jedi Master, you know. Oh my God, would that be awesome? Yeah. Now, I, I wanted to do some action too, so that's very exciting. Uh, Star Wars is great because yeah, it's like a, it's physical and action, and I think what's really cool about that situation would be to play as an, I mean, certainly as an older woman, but also not like old old, like yeah. very spry, and I'm very physical, and I'm. You very, could play Obi Wan's love interest. Yeah, I mean, and I could. You know, yeah. uh, very action oriented yeah. and um, I, you know, kickbox and stuff. So, yeah, yeah it would be very cool. Well, they have a whole they have a whole litter of female Mandalorians, too, you know. Yes. Yeah. Right. I like the way you just pull out the mask. Hey, it's Monique. Right. right. Bonjour. <laughs> and you have a French accent. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. That'd be great. Um, and then, yeah, see, I think that's a really cool thing. Also, uh, mm. yeah, I mean superhero playing mm. you know and i don't know like uh maybe they create something new but there must be um i would even place a uh, like uh, a villain a witch yeah. like a, you know like yeah. evil character too so yeah. uh, I mean, the, the universes are so big in the franchise i mean tons of people see them on streaming on disney plus hbo max the theaters so well if anyone wants to write it i'm i'm ready that would be great i, yeah. I like your uh your thinking it's big thinking and yeah. it's well, you're like one of the 80s babes and like the 80s are coming back so why not bring everybody back that's yeah. from the 80s exactly especially diane monique you know maybe this should be a sequel to bed off dead where you know monique and and um yeah, john's character cool. they own they, have, they, they run a they run a baseball team I said to Savage, I said, you know, uh, because Amanda said if if somebody wrote a Better Off Dead, mm -hmm. 
uh, if they wrote it grown up, she would be in it. And I said, I would too. And so we, I asked Savage and he's like, I'm going to think about that because he, you know, that would be a very cool thing to do a better off dead grown up. Curtis could be in it. You know, I don't know if John would be in it, but uh, we could always say that John fell off the K-12 and <laughs> had an accident. <laughs> the paper boy caught up with him. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, are you raising you're raising their your guys' son and and he, he's act you know he's just uh he's doing this having the same feelings as John's character yeah you're like and of course, you're, you're mentoring coaxing him and said no it's not life's not always going to be like that it's going to get better and Ricky runs the town Ricky's the mayor or something yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so well thanks you for your time Diane this has been great I mean oh, you're welcome. legendary. Well, I really me, appreciate you coming on Mad Bros Media. I, I wanted to yeah. share a couple of things. So in case uh -huh. audiences want to know, um, mm -hmm. please stay in touch with me on social media, uh, Diane Franklin 80 on Twitter and Facebook. Go to the black and white. Go to the, you'll see a group page, which mm -hmm. has these two books on the picture. Mm -hmm. uh, because my other one is filled up. So go there. But I do post new things. And one of the things um, I did, uh, the Bundy movie, American um, Boogeyman, I'm going to put, pictures from it and just like, i think there's a picture right now of you guys with their your covid masks on together side yeah, by side yeah. and I, right so yeah. like i'm gonna be but like slowly as we get to like even more and more cooler photos uh -huh. um and then also i did a movie called high holiday and that's gonna come out i think this year it's with tom arnold jennifer tilly who is a friend of mine who i love oh, wow. and i did a, a tv show called boone back in the day uh -huh. friends uh and also Cloris Leachman is in it. And yeah, the late Cloris Leachman. And uh, Sharon Sossaman mm -hmm. is in it also. So uh, that's supposed to come out. I have a cameo in that. And um, so, yeah, there's like, there's other things that are coming out. So if you stay connected with me, then I, I'll, you'll hear it from me first. Cool. And I'll, I'll post those links and I'll post uh, your Twitter links and your Facebook. And do you have a, a website as well? Yes, dianefranklin.com. And you, okay. can, uh, you can get my books there, but you, and you can also get photos uh, for signing, signing photos. So, and, the, and your new book is going to be there, right, on, on the site, so you can, they can yeah. buy it? The minute, and that's the plus, other thing. Plus they can buy the original one. This, yeah. this is a great one to have. So, and I signed them at conventions, too. So uh -huh. I got mine signed, so you should, if you see her convention, get one. You buy, so buy it, it and I'll sign it for free. Yeah. Either one. So you, yeah. if you buy it, I'll sign it. So, cool. but anyway, you're so lovely. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you, Diane. It's, it's always been an honor to have you and meet you. Because, I, like I said, I've, I've watched all your movies. Summer Girl, you know, it's funny. It was, I was telling David, you know, we interviewed Bar, uh, Barry Bostwick twice. We never even talked about Summer Girl. I was like, why didn't we talk about Summer Girl? <laughs> oh, yeah. People, if yeah. you haven't seen Summer Girl, yeah. I actually got almost, uh, I was up for being nominated for an Emmy for that. Wow. That was how good it was. I mean, and Diane Lane originally was supposed to do that part and she turned it down. Wow. And then I got it. And it was a very interesting thing. Cause again, my curly hair was not mm -hmm. the beach girl, but they took a leap of faith and they went. And so I play a beach girl with dark curly hair anyway. Uh, but very cool movie. I'm very evil. And, and uh, I have to mention too, you're not the only one with dark hair. Basso doesn't have a string of white hair in that movie. <laughs> it's all dark. And Kim Darby. Dark hair. Yeah, Kim Darby. Yes. Yeah, it was also better better off there with you. Yeah. Yeah. So was she was she uh, nicer to you in the better off this? And well, she, she's not going to attack me in this movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we you guys. Really happy. We were really happy that we got yeah. to like each other. Yeah. You know. 
uh, when we had that dinner with French bread, French mm -hmm. fries, you know, that was yeah. much, much better. Um, Is that dress, salad with French dressing? Was that French dressing? Um, she had yeah, French, French dressing. Yeah. dressing. Um, yeah, Monique, that was uh, Mrs. Uh, Smith. So it was really yeah. cool. Well, I hope I helped bring back some fun memories for people and, uh, you know, just stay excellent to each other. That's tough to say. And safe and healthy. Yep. Cool. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to call you Monique. <laughs> Thank you, Diane. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> and there it is. I want to thank Diane Franklin again for being our special guest. Stay tuned next time for season finale special guest, Patrick Capino from National Film Society and Awesome Asian Bad Guys. Please also check out our Backtrack series and, of course, Kevin's Kids. Till then, take care, everybody. This has been Patrick with the Mad Bros Media Zoom Podcast. <laughs>